Did Georgia Governor Brian Kemp try and ban election security supporters from a fish fry? And the truth about why the one guy who happens to be a black guy, the only black guy who is one of Trump's co-defendants, is still in the Fulton County Jail that they're not telling you about. This is the Propaganda Report's Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. So Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger went to a fish fry this past weekend in Perry, Georgia. And no, this is not the beginning of a joke. This was an actual event that was open to the public. It's an annual event. And a bunch of people there who support voter integrity showed up, many of them Republicans. And when they got there, they were told that they could not come in because of the T-shirts that they had on, which were voter integrity T-shirts. I believe they said Georgians for truth or something like that. Such an awful, awful thing to have on your shirt. You know, they'd much rather you have a giant bonus hole in your shirt than Georgians for truth. Then you can come in, I guess. They were told they could do one of two things. They could turn their shirt inside out or they could just get the heck out of here. And many of them had pre-bought their tickets, by the way which they were told they would get a refund for. So here's a clip of that, of them trying to get in. Noise in the background is kind of loud, so I'll translate anything that needs to be translated. But here are the voter integrity people that were turned away at this Brian Kemp, Brad Raffensperger, Georgia GOP fish fry. Oh, yeah. Before you got in, I was told that you're not supposed to wear those t-shirts. Why? Yeah. Say again? That you can come in here, with, but you need to turn the t-shirt. What's wrong with our t-shirt? I can get someone else. I'm just I'd love to speak. I'd like to talk to them. Yeah. I can't let you. What, what's the reason why we can't be here? You don't need to ask me. We'll That's wait. why I got we'll somebody wait on else. We'll, we'll wait on it. We'll wait on it. Not a problem. Would you like the other gentleman to come here too? Yes. What's the problem? I don't have a problem. So they've now brought the police and security over to talk to these people. She said we couldn't come in, so. Oh, we're not. We're not going to wear the shirts here. We're not going to have a protest. It's not a protest. We are here to eat fish. I'm not arguing. If you'll let me speak. Go ahead. Okay. If you have paid, release your refund. If you haven't paid, you, feel, you can feel free to change and come back to me. And that's where we're at. Is this a public yeah. event? No, it's private event. Oh, it's, it's, it's advertised on the state we, on the website, public event. This is not a private party. It's a Republican event. So what's the problem with our shirt? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's not a, turn, turn around. What's, what's on your shirt? What is that? I mean, it's not a vulgar. It says Georgians for Truth on the shirt. I don't want to Freedom of speech, sir. Okay, so it's not the cops' fault. They're hired to do a job, and they are there working, and they are told by these people who are in charge there not to let this group of people in because they are associated with voter integrity. And Garland Favrito, I saw a video of this somewhere, I don't know where it is now, where he was recording live from there, talking about how they were getting treated the same way. And it's the cowards who are sending this message down to these people who are just working the front desk of these officers that are responsible for all of this. And the story goes that Brian Kemp did not want anybody associated with voter integrity who are working on the legal challenges to the election still that are still in court. He didn't want any of them there. He didn't want to deal with them anyway because he's tired of being booed and he's tired of being questioned about the right turn that he has taken in his position on the issue. Because now he has turned himself into a mainstream, friendly, CNN-friendly Republican 
who follows a narrative that the 2020 election is the most secure in, in American history. And at the national level, they say he's the he's the model Republican everybody should be like. At the local level, though, people question him. His own people who elected him have questions, and he is running from those questions because he doesn't have answers to them. And the belief that Kemp is the one who didn't want this group here is supported by the fact that after Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensperger left, the people who were told that they had to turn their shirts inside out or change shirts were told they could put their shirts back on because the problem was gone. There was no longer a problem because the sensitive Mr. Brian Kemp, his tender little eyes, his soft little heart was no longer there to be offended by voter integrity messages on T-shirts. I mean, what a joke. He's hiding, man. That's the story to take away from this event. There's another Brian Kemp-related story that I'm going to tell you about, but this is the the takeaway story. If you ever get a chance to question him, this is what you ask him about. Were you responsible for turning away people who had prepaid for their tickets to come to this very public event, and you didn't want them there because you are tired of people questioning you about legitimate questions about the 2020 election that the courts have actually shown and played out in some instances? Why are you lying about it? If you weren't responsible, then how come right after you left, everybody was told they could put their shirts back on and had voter integrity stuff on them? The fact that he is running from his own people because he can't answer their questions, that is the story. And before I tell you about the other one, I want to point something out that I learned looking at the flyer for this event. This is the Fish Fry Flyer, the 8th. District Republican Party is proud to present Fish Fry 2023 annual event. Perry, Georgia has all the information. Featured speakers, Congressman Austin Scott, Governor Brian Kemp, presidential candidate Ryan Binkley. Who the F is Ryan Binkley? Who is this guy apparently running for president as a Republican who was not on the Republican debate stage? Who has my last name? And would he turn me away from a fish fry because of the T-shirt I was wearing? I do not support this Ryan Binkley person, and it bothers me that he's tarnishing my family name by speaking at a Brian Kemp event that is turning away people because they are afraid of freaking questions, man. So there's another Brian Kemp story that came from this event. It's a video of him, (laughs) which he's clearly drunken, that seems like a gotcha. Seems like he's admitting something that he has been covering up for a little while now and i'm going to play it for you and then i'm going to tell you why it's not the gotcha moment that people are hoping that it is audio is kind of muffled here on this one as well so i will translate if necessary all right so what kemp said is you give anybody a voting machine they can hack it i'm gonna play it from the beginning again Notice how drunk he is for those who are watching. Grady County boy here, Field Cersei. Hey, great. Good to see you. How you doing? Thanks for videoing. Yeah. We want to keep it on the record. That's good. We need transparency in our elections. We, we, got we don't have transparency you now. volunteer to be a full worker. We got a secret box. It's a secret box. So I just noticed this part of it. Kemp says 
in the middle there. We'll get back to the first part in a second. He says, I do stand for truth and winning elections because that's what matters. Watch how he says that. Brady County boy here. He said that like winning elections matters more than truth, in my opinion. But I, that's just my interpretation of that. So the beginning of that video, Kemp says, you know, give anybody a voting machine, they can hack it. Why is this not the gotcha clip that everybody hopes it is? It's out of context. This is clearly the end of a much longer conversation that was going on that is taken out of context and put onto the internet. And that's not going to change anyone's mind about whether or not they believe the 2020 election had voter fraud or not. Not going to change anyone's mind. To those who already believe that there was voter fraud and believe that the machines were hackable, this is just more evidence that only proves what they have long known, while also proving that Kemp has been lying about the machines. To those who do not believe that there was voter fraud, or or even those who are on the fence about it, this is not going to sway them to change that belief. It's going to have the opposite intended effect. It, It will make them feel more certain that there is no evidence of voter fraud because they will see this as proof that those who claim there is have to use deceptive tactics to try and deceive people into siding with them on this issue. Kind of like whenever we see CNN or MSNBC take a clip of, of Trump out of context, cut him off in the middle of a sentence, and then try and tell us it's proof of something. As soon as we see that, we think, well, they're doing it again. They're cutting him off in the middle of a word there very awkwardly. They're trying to lie to people. I don't buy it. They won't play the full clip because it'll tell a different story. It's exactly the same thing in this situation. That's why it's not a good clip. If the goal is to open people's eyes. If that's not the goal, if the goal is to get as many clicks as possible from people who already agree with you, to speak into an echo chamber, screw getting the truth out there, clips like this are great for that. But that's all they're good for. And this is all true, even if Kemp is, in fact, drunkenly making the admission that many people hope he's making here, that the voting machines are all hackable and he's been covering it up, spills the beans at the fish fry. It still does not matter because it comes off as a trick. My guess is that Kemp would explain this as, I was tired from being at the fish fry all day, definitely not drunk, and we were talking about the, the case in Michigan with those voting machines, that when you give someone possession of the voting machine and they take it and they have it for a, a long period of time and are able to tamper with it, and that's the word he would use because that's the word the, the media uses and that's the word that's used in the indictment in Michigan, then anyone can hack it. Anyone can hack it with enough time if they're allowed to tamper with it, which even though that is not the silver bullet, it is still a lot better argument than doing this shortened clip because people might be willing to consider that one because it wouldn't come off as deceptive in its full context. And you could then start to argue with people's mind a little more open. Well, if that's the case, then couldn't people who are better at, you know, tampering with these machines, tamper with it before or after, perhaps without people noticing, you can at least start that conversation. You can't start it when people are focused on not being tricked. My favorite part of this video is how obviously drunk Kemp is. 
I mean, the dude looks like he's been doing keg stands all day. Like he's a UGA student who went to the game against Auburn, and now he's at a bar at like 3 a.m., and he's about to get belligerent or fall over, one of the two, while he's, while he's bowing up, picking fights with Auburn fans. I feel sorry for whoever's driving him home. This is a man who's about to puke in someone's car. I should say that I believe election fraud occurred. I believe that voter GA and Garland has been getting railroaded. They've been knocking their cases out due to standing and process issues because they don't want to actually look at the merits of it. There has been some stuff uncovered that doesn't get reported on. So I think that there is something there that needs to be examined further. I'm just speaking about what tactics like this, the purpose that they serve, or the effect that they have anyway. All right, next story. Harrison Floyd is one of the 18 defendants in the Trump racketeering case. He's the only black male in the case. There's a black female. But he also happens to be the only one who remains in jail in Fulton County, Rice Street, as they call it. And the story about him has been going around about how he was denied bond. Most of the reporting on this story leaves out some details that actually make this a little bit worse than it already seems. So Floyd was an Atlanta area congressional candidate back in 2019, and he was the head of an organization known as Black Voices for Trump. He originally remained in jail because unlike the other defendants, he did not hire a lawyer before he turned himself in to negotiate the terms of his bond before all that happened, you know, like as a condition for turning himself in. That's what the others did. So once he did turn himself in, he requested and was denied a public defender. So he he was on his own during his first hearing, which was not overseen by the judge who's going to be overseeing the case. There was someone else sitting in for that guy. The reason someone might be denied a public defender is often because they make too much money over the poverty line. I know in some states, maybe all states, I'm not sure, you might get denied bond if you make 25% over the poverty line. And for this guy, he has a daughter and a wife, so a family of three, the poverty line is, I think, $25,000. 25% over that is going to be thir- between thirty-one dollars and $32,000. So you don't have to make a whole lot. And if you have a case that requires an expensive lawyer, you might be in trouble if you get denied that public defender, which he tells the judge during his first hearing, the video of it, that this is the problem for him. That he tried to find a lawyer, but it's going to cost anywhere between $40,000 and $100,000 just to retain a lawyer for this case, for the charges that are being brought against him. And then after that, it's going to be hourly. And he says that he can't put that kind of debt on his family, especially with his daughter. So he's going at it himself. So that's why he requested the public defender, which he was then denied. Now, there has been $250,000 raised for him through a crowdfunding effort already, which I believe that might have been why he did not get a lawyer. I think that might have been the plan for him. I I doubt he planned to stay in jail. He was probably hoping to get bonded out. But I think that was probably a strategy for raising money to get a, a better lawyer. Either way, he had no lawyer at his first hearing, and the judge explained to him that she was sitting in for the judge who was going to oversee the case, the McAfee guy, and that he would be the one conducting his official bond hearing at a date that he sets. Who knows when that'll be? Maybe this week. But she did go ahead and make a few determinations. For now, during this hearing, she said that because of an open charge against him, there are grounds for his bond to be denied, and that she was going to go ahead and find him to be a, a flight risk and a risk to commit potential felonies if he were bonded. And therefore, for this hearing, 
she is not going to be issuing any bond. I'll let you hear it in her words in this clip here. All right. Okay, Mr. Floyd, um, the issue of bond is not going to be addressed today. Uh, That's going to be addressed uh, by Judge McAfee, who's assigned to your case. Uh, So but to the extent uh, that you are you're here in front of a judge, I do find that uh, based on the open charge against you, uh, there are grounds for bond to be denied at this point. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and find that you are a risk to commit additional felonies and a potential risk to flee the jurisdiction. So I'm going to deny bond, but a full consideration of bond will be uh, addressed by Judge McAfee as your case moves forward. Do you understand? So the charges brought against me by the federal government were first presented to the state by the FBI. The state decided to not prosecute on the day they decided not to prosecute the U.S. attorney. And the state of Maryland notified my attorney that they would take up the charges. This charge is a simple misdemeanor, ma'am. I got on a plane. I voluntarily came here. I am already on federal pretrial supervision. I've had no issues with being on pretrial supervision. There's no way that I'm a flight risk, ma'am. I showed up before the president was here. Okay. I understand, Mr. Floyd. Um, the issue of bonds not going to be decided by me. It's going to be assigned to, decided by the judge who is assigned to handle your case. Okay, this is just a first appearance hearing uh, for a case that's already been indicted. So I was just letting you know that it's it's not we're not going to have a bond hearing today. Um, but but to the extent that you are before a judge, I'm telling you that bond is not going to be issued today. All right. That that'll be up to Judge McAfee. So not going to have a bond hearing yet. I'm not going to issue you bond today. A bit confusing. And I think I said potential felonies earlier. She said additional felonies, which he explained to her that the open charges against him are not a felony. They're a misdemeanor. And yet she's saying you're not going to get any bond because you could commit additional felonies. And even though you voluntarily surrendered yourself, you, sir, are a flight risk and you must remain in jail. More on that in a second. The judge who oversees the case, McAfee, I've told you about him, how he's the worst possible judge to be overseeing this case because he is someone who appears to be a Republican who used to work for the D.A., Fannie Willis. He worked for the prosecutor on the case, and he also was appointed to the position because another judge stepped down, and he has to win an election to hold on to that seat in Fulton County, which would never in a million years elect this Republican-seeming guy unless he performs well enough to get Trump and all these other guys. This is the worst possible judge they could ever have. And here's what this, this guy said that McAfee's office did to his in-laws to get him to come here. I'll let you hear it. Okay. I'm referring to the indictment where you have been charged in count one with violation of the Georgia RICO Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, as well as in counts 30 and 31, which is for conspiracy to commit solicitation of false statements and writings and influencing witnesses. So those are the charges that have been brought against you in this indictment. Do you understand that? 
Uh, yes, ma'am, I believe those are the same ones that the DA's office called and directed to go first my uh, in-laws with trying to get me out there. I think those are the same ones. All right. Thank you, Mr. Floyd. It's a little bit harder to hear because he is on a, a Zoom call with her. He's not in the courtroom. But he said that McAfee's office called and threatened to charge his in-laws with the same charges that they're charging him with if they didn't make sure that he showed up. Is this true? I don't know. Hopefully he can prove it. Definitely maybe have the uh, testimony of his family, but maybe they're too scared to testify. It's certainly plausible, and it fits the overall thuggishness and the abuse of power that we've seen from these people who are on the prosecution side. So what about that open case she cites as the reason that he's a flight risk and a risk of committing additional felonies, even though in that open case, he's not charged with a felony? It's a misdemeanor. This is where this gets really interesting, and it shows just how corrupt they are and how awful they're treating this guy. This is from the affidavit. I read the affidavit, and I'm going to be summarizing parts of it, but the open charge against him relates to a February 23rd incident, February 23rd of this year, 2023, and the affidavit comes from May 3rd. Now, the gap in time there, because usually there's not that big a gap in time, is probably because of what he mentioned there in the, uh, the hearing. The state court dropped this case, and then it was later picked up by the, the federal court. He was charged in that affidavit with simple assault of a federal officer, which is a misdemeanor, as he said. Simple assault does not require physical contact. Assault is not physical contact. Battery is physical contact. Simple assault of a federal officer, all you have to do to, to show that someone is in violation of that is that they interfered with a federal officer while that officer was performing their official duties. That's all they have to show. So what did he do? Now his side of the story, and this, this is buried in the affidavit, but I, I'm going to present it first since they try and make sure nobody finds out what his side of the story is. According to Floyd, he was approached on the street while he was carrying his daughter in his arms, and he was accosted, threatened, and followed by two men, one of whom was armed who followed him into his apartment building all the way up the stairs to the front door of his home, grabbing at his feet like they were trying to pull him down and his daughter in the process, never showing them their badge to prove who they were. And then as he went in the front door of his house to try and get his daughter to safety while these men are harassing them, they threw something towards the door. He even called the police himself and reported the incident afterwards. Now that to me fits the description of harassment right there. But where is the harassment from Floyd? Well, the FBI's version of the story, even in, in their version, they admit that they did not attempt to show their badge until they were behind him and, and his back was to them as they were going up the stairs following him to the front door of his apartment. So they did all of this stuff to him while he's got his daughter in his arms without proving that they were feds. Now, this guy told the police that he didn't know if these were journalists or not, which would seem to, to indicate that he's probably had people contacting him, claiming to be any variety of different people for the purpose of trying to get information or statements or an interview with him ever since they found out that he was the leader of Black Voices for Trump. He's probably been getting harassed by a bunch of people lying about who they are. That's very plausible. And yet these cops 
see him carrying his daughter and don't think they need to make certain that he knows who they are and show their badge right away. That seems pretty intentional to me. It seems like they're trying to provoke him into doing something that they could say is a crime and then do this very thing, in my opinion. But what they say is, they say that they hung out at his place. They called him over and over again, repeatedly harassed him, waited outside his apartment building, even got inside at one point, beat on his door. He wasn't there, came back outside. He finally answers the phone. He says he don't want to talk to him. He doesn't know who they are. That tells him he's with his daughter because they called him back. He answered again. He said, I'm with my daughter. I'm busy. And so they just wait there for like 30 minutes. And then they see him walking down the street. And that's when all of the harassment starts. And according to the cops, after he got his daughter inside, he comes back outside. And I guess this is where the, the assault is. And he's yelling at them. You never showed me an effing badge. I have my daughter with me. Who the F do you think you are? You know, the kind of thing most people would say if this happened to them. And the officers say, they call the officers, the federal agents, excuse me. They call them victim one and victim two in the affidavit. And they say that Floyd bumped one of them. He chest bumped one of them. That, that, that's part of the assault. The problem is you can't chest bump someone whose back is turned to you and is leaving. Why were they still in the hallway of his building? Because they say that they threw the affidavit in his door and it stuck in his door. So they should have left. By the time he got his daughter inside, they should have at the very least been a couple of flights down with their back to him and no reason to turn around again. Their job was done. But yet he chest bumped them. So that requires two people, somebody standing their ground. So how is it assault when both of them are doing that? They also said... And this is in the indictment verbatim that while Floyd was yelling at them, who the F do you think you are? That Floyd's spit was flying into the face and mouth of victim one. The federal agent was victimized by his spit assault. And then Floyd was jabbing him with his finger. And by reading the indictment, you can it's clear that he wasn't like actually physically over and over doing that. He was just doing that when you're getting in somebody's face. So there's your assault. This dude is a flight risk because he had spit fly out of his mouth and onto a federal agent who had been harassing him while he was carrying his daughter. And one more thing, this guy is a former MMA fighter. That, that's what the indictment said. Not the indictment. I keep calling it that. The affidavit. And he was a former Marine. And the agents knew that, says that they knew that, which makes it even stranger that they did not show the badge. First thing, hey, hey, we're not here to buy you. Just we're legit. We're sure you're probably getting harassed. These guys saw a man carrying his daughter. And instead of seeing that as an opportunity to be overly cautious and show the badge or maybe even just say, hey, we'll come back another time. Let's let's get out of here. They saw that as an opportunity to provoke him into doing something they could use against him. And man, if spit didn't fly out of his mouth, watch where you talk and how far it flies. This guy is considered a flight risk and uh, considered a risk to commit additional felonies, which where's the first one? He has not been convicted of any, yet that judge said that because he was protecting his daughter from 
two men who were threatening them and harassing them. This is a joke. This is an absolute joke. This is how they treat black men who are Republicans, not even Republicans, actually, who question publicly the narrative that they are tried to force to accept. We'll see how Scott McAfee, the judge overseeing the bond hearing, treats him, see if he, if he treats him any different and if that 250K helps out with whatever lawyer that he got. All right. I want to try something in the show that short and sweet. It's a little bit more fun than that. At least I think it'll be more fun than that. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But before we get to that, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the Drive Time News Blast XR, which is the subscriber-only portion of the show, which is going to be flying monsters or are they? Furry fights on the beach, and maybe, if we have time, Britney Spears. That's always an exciting topic right there. If you want to get access to that subscriber-only content, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and subscribe there today. What you will get along with the subscriber-only content is this show, ad-free. I take out all of the ads for subscribers, and I put it together with the XR content that goes into your own private RSS feed and Patreon that you can then pop into whatever podcast player app that you listen on. This is how I keep the show going. This is how I keep myself going. It's patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there today. All right. Now on to the final part of the show. I don't want to say story. It's not really a story. I always look at the Twitter trends, and it's just always strange, just the organization of them. I know you have your for you trends, which can really reveal some of your, your oddness, I guess, or what you're into. Then you have your trending trends whatever the hell that means, then the news trends, sports trends, entertainment trends. I like to read them like sentences sometimes just to see what they reveal. And let's end the show with that today. Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be ridiculous. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'd be really dire. Who knows? Let's hope not anyway. All right, let's get that up on screen. And there we go. Let's see here. Move this. Move this. Get, get this over here. All right. Look at that so you can see that. All right, here we go. Starting with the For You Trends. Obviously, the day I talk about Brian Kemp, Go Dogs, which is where he went to school and what he lives for, is trending. Unbelievable. This is the For You Trend. Go Dogs Libertarians Chapel Hill boycott Chadwick Bossman, which that's not really a good, that's not a nice thing. I believe he passed away a few years ago. That's weird. Go Dogs Libertarians, Chapel Hill, Boycott, Chadwick Bossman, Kevin McCarthy, Jason Momoa, Peter Ducey, Scherzer, Hatch Act, Diamond and Silk, Ring of Fire, Motivation Monday. That's a sh- stuff load of things to boycott. Look at all these people getting boycotted, Diamond and Silk, which another person that passed away. Come on, this brutal Twitter for today. All right, let's try the, tr- the trending trends. I mean, what does this even mean? I don't understand why you have a for you. It's not a trend for, if it's for you. It's just things that are for you. Maybe it's not intended to be. All right, here's the trending trends. Blob sweepstakes, Eminem, Chapel Hill, Super Tuesday, the 80s called, and they, last time I saw you, Colton McCoy, Joe the Plumber, Peter Ducey, Tesmanis, T.S., Judge Chunk and Desmond King, Pope Skip Tala AQI, Wuhan University Snoop, Burn Notice, Noah Lyles, Punk, Sedinia Raphael, Dr. King, Election Interference, Bethesda. That's like a sequel to a movie. Election Interference 2, Bethesda. 
Election Interference, Bethesda Burning Man, Diamond and Silk. Don Lemon, Caucasian. MRNA Bit Boy, oh, MRNA Bit Boy, Impact Theory Gates Open AI. Medi Chat GTP Enterprise, Medi Chat GTP Enterprise. Ben Armstrong, Peterson, Ben Armstrong, Peterson, Ben Ordinals. Ben Armstrong, Peterson, Ben Ordinals. Do you know him? Do you know Ben Armstrong, Peterson, Ben Ordinals? Weird guy. Hong Kong Gimify. And that's the weird way I'm going to wrap up the show for today. You can just read your Twitter trends in, in different tones and whatever, and, and sometimes some weird stuff happens, as if weird stuff isn't already happening on Twitter anyway. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.